But finally, this, this is the important thing um, that's going to tie into what we're talking about. When an ignorance is passed down for a long time without giving it a second thought. See, ignorance, it leads to evil. Like when you do something without proper knowledge, then you're going to end up doing something unjust, unfair, either to Allah or to people in some way or another. So when traditions are passed down in society, over time, some injustice develops. Maybe the first people who said it or thought it didn't realize how serious the ramifications are, but over time, a corruption develops in that society. So for example, you can have somebody who, some creative dude who, or group of people who wrote the Hindu scripts, or you know, the scriptures or whatever, right? And in it, they, one of the things that comes out of that culture and those writings is a class society. People in different classes. They may not even have realized the ramifications of this, but what happens eventually? When there are people who are tortured because of what class they belong to, or deprived or, or oppressed because of what class they belong to, right? And are institutionalized forms of racism, all that came from somebody's writings. So the people who originally wrote them have no idea how serious things get later on. Then later on when people react against this, they have had enough and they want to react against it. Do they only get rid of what was wrong or they get rid of the whole thing? They get rid of the whole thing. When you don't fix one little wrong that's part of your tradition and you let it stay, then it boils into that small wrong becomes a very big wrong. You know, it leaves the world of ideas and actually starts causing real problems in the real world. It's not just a philosophy. And then it becomes a huge problem and then later generations come and they want to get rid of the whole thing. Now, this is what happened with Christianity in Europe. The creed in my intro series, when I told you about the problem with that creed and what it led to, eventually what did Europe do? They just got rid of the whole thing. We don't want anything to do with this thing. It's a mess. It's a complete mess. But guess what? This is true of the Ummah. This problem is true of the Ummah. We have today in Islam, or what we perceive as Islam, certain practices that actually have nothing to do with Islam. And we've, we consider them like staple parts of Islam without ever questioning them. You and I were raised with many things as just Muslims, and we never thought twice whether they have something to do with Islam or not. You just do them. You just do them. And we don't realize that those cultural practices or wherever they came from that we do, do end up hurting people. They harm people. Islam came to prevent harm, but our cultural practices aren't always that way. You know, not all culture is evil, but there are some practices in our cultures that certainly harm other people. And we, we don't realize how much, you know. To give you a small example of that, the Islam celebrates the rights of parents, but Islam certainly also emphasizes justice. If you allow the rights of your parents to justify injustice against the wife or against the children, and there, here's this man who's got children, and he's not concerned with their education or their well-being, but he sends money to his father all the time or his mother, takes care of them well beyond their needs, but the kids are completely deprived. In the name of Wabil Walidaini Ihsanan, and he thinks this is Islam. It's actually not Islam at all. It's just in his head, this is what Islam looks like. You understand? What might happen to those kids? They grow up hating Islam. They'll blame Islam for that. They'll blame Islam for what, ha what happened. Or you have a kid who went to a Hivs Madrasa, memorizing the Quran, and the teacher beat him to a pulp when he made mistakes. It happens. And this kid, Hafid of Quran, is not a Muslim. And as a matter of fact, when he goes into a masjid, he, and this, I know a kid like this in Dallas, 
goes into a masjid and actually starts having convulsions because it brings back memories of him getting beat. <laughs> you know, he can't even stand inside a masjid for too long. He gets traumatized by it. So now he wants nothing to do with Islam itself. But because of what? Some stupid tradition that was passed down in the name of Islam and his parents thought they were doing something for Islam. This teacher, some, some deluded sense thinking, you're doing something for Islam. And they're beating the kid, and then they're telling him, don't tell your parents, because if you tell your parents, it's disrespect to your teachers, and whoever disrespects their teacher burns in hell. You know, that's not Islam. But you know what's going to happen as a result? You're going to have people that want nothing to do with Islam. They want nothing to do with the Quran. They want, nothing to, they want nowhere near this deen. So when you have practices that you introduce, beliefs that you introduce, norms that you introduce, that have nothing to do with knowledge, even in the name of Islam, you are thinking you're doing something for Islam, but down the road you're actually pushing, pushing people away. An entire continent of people, an entire nation of people, the Christian people, have more ridda among them, people leaving Christianity faster than any other faith. You know, faster than any other faith. And by the way, we're not that far behind. We are not that far behind. And it's, you can blame the media and propaganda. There's plenty of dirty laundry inside the Ummah. Plenty of reasons for people to be traumatized by Islam itself. Plenty of reasons. You know? When people go to Hajj, if somebody's, for example, concerned with humanity, a humanitarian, and they became Muslim and they will go to Hajj, what are they going to see? They're going to see, you know, child slavery. They're going to see people begging on the street. They're going to see a class society, classism, the tense, depending on what class you came from. Right? Hajj is supposed to be all human beings are equal. That's the point of Hajj. You're wearing ihram. So you're not in a class. But we're not, we can't wear the air conditioner, so we <laughs> set up the tents with the different kinds of catering and escalators to the jamarat and all this stuff for certain classes. Some people can do tawaf in a helicopter or something, I don't know. Like... The whole point of it was humanity is equal and we made that into a class society thing. You have the, some of the most luxurious hotels overlooking the haram and in between the haram and those luxurious hotels are homeless people that have been sitting there for two months that don't have anything to eat. And inside those hotels there are catering food that one person couldn't finish in a month and he's gone on his plate. The, and when a person sees that, you know, we don't, and pe people go there and say, mashallah, the construction is really nice. You know, the marble is really great. Yeah, well go out in the streets of Makkah, see what happens. See what you see. Is this person going to be drawn closer to Islam or further away? You know? People on the edge, I don't even recommend they should go to Hajj yet. You need to build a little tolerance before they go, because if they see that up close and personal, you know, here we are giving lectures about Islam, cares about the environment, and there you have people you know, in Muzdalifa, <laughs> chucking bottles all over the place. It's crazy. So this, I mean, we're reading about Christians, yes, but we cannot forget what Allah is talking about. When ignorance spreads, then you are setting yourself up for much, much bigger disaster down the road. Much bigger disaster. This is Walali Aba, him just some things about that. The, the grammar implications of Kaburat Kalima. This is an interesting conversation. We'll conclude with this conversation, inshallah. So not too much.